He said, then you are the family the Lord told me about. Come, I have a home for you. Preaching is not, look, he's not a... <laughs> his wife died of hunger. Died. Died. Buried. I don't mean died and then he came back and said, in the name of Lazarus, Lazarus, nothing. There was a lot of power following his ministry in South Africa. He said, people say, how did it happen? He told the story about it. When they didn't have money because they were sending men into the inner you know, areas to go and work. So at the point in time, there was no money again because some, the support they were getting from abroad stopped. So he called the men and said, listen, no, all of you should return back to, I think, Pretoria or I think Pretoria, where, where headquarters yeah, that we cannot continue. These are white men. That we cannot continue funding what you guys are doing in the rural areas. So all of them came back. You know, they came for the meeting. At the end, they said, give us a moment. So he stepped out. They talked to themselves. Called him back inside. When he came back in, he said they had set up a communion table. I've forgotten how many of them. He said self-communion. You know what they were talking about? They said self-communion. By this communion, we are taking an oath not to come back. They said, we're asking for only one thing. If we die, come and bury. So that's the only thing we're asking you for. If we die, come and bury. And that year, he buried many. Men, wife, children. Don't think the gospel is the gospel of private jets. Don't think preaching gives you cars. It doesn't. It takes from you. Paul said we are poor, even though we are making many rich. And incidentally, that is the man I admire most in my life. John Graham Lake. You can read his story. So let's get it clear. Let's see I'm saying all of these things. So, God doesn't always find people. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Finding people is hard for him all the time. It's hard. Serving God requires a lot of sacrifice. It's a very useless, Jezebelic gospel we preach. That people should give money so that God can multiply it. Listen to me. He will take the money, he will not multiply it. doesn't owe that to you. That's why I tell people, if you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, sorry to say like this, go to hell. Who cares about your money? If you don't find a good thing to give to, keep your money in your pocket. Don't start sowing seeds like a fool. Everywhere you see offering baskets, you throw money inside because somebody tells you that it will grow for you. It does not grow. Has it ever grown for you? You've been doing it for a long time. What did you get? Nothing. Why? It doesn't work like that. Because it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Anybody that wants to give money, give money. Because you know men died for this gospel. What is money? To me, it's a small thing. That is God like, ah, you're not asking for my neck. You're asking for money. 
That's all you're asking for. You can imagine how it irritates me when somebody says, you give so that God can multiply. Listen to me, I've come to tell you, he's not multiplying anything. If you don't want to give, that's your problem. He's looking for those who are ready to commit their lives to this thing. You're telling him, if I give you money, you multiply back for me. God say, what kind of joke is that? What do I now do for those who they, that, that were, those that were beheaded for the gospel's sake? What do I do for them? You give me 10,000 and I should now be running all over heaven because of you. you that's, that's why I preach the way I preach. I, it's, it's irritating. People don't love God. They love themselves. And pastors will be there preaching the rubbish that they should please continue the love for themselves. Haters of God. Lovers of self. And I'll continue preaching that gospel. Please, I don't want your money if you're like that. Don't bring it here. If you're going to give money so that God can multiply it, not here. The money here has no promise of multiplication. It has, only, it has only attachment of faithfulness. Not promising anybody anything. That is the true gospel of God we are preaching. You know? So all the jokes we are playing. That's why Boko Haram started pushing us out of the country. We continue playing. Until now, they can almost destroy Abia State again. In case you don't know, it was his spirit that wanted to end that state. Five years ago, it was, oh, five years ago, it was Osisi Kanku. Can you remember him? Killing and maiming and raping and kidnapping. These soldiers came and drove him out. Everyone now says, it's invasion, invasion. I said, nonsense. When they were there, driving Osisi Kanku out five years ago, why did you not shout genocide? Nonsense. I said, can't you open your eyes? Can't you see a spiritual battle? Trying to tell that state you will never develop? Can't you see a spiritual battle? The same soldiers five years ago, they were welcomed with olive branches. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because those boys were killing. I'm, you, you know Abia did not have banks again. You remember? Yes. They didn't have any hospital. Because all the doctors ran away from town. Went to the neighboring, neighboring state. They couldn't stay. Then we're begging Jonathan, declare state of emergency. He refused. The governor doctor said, there's peace, there's peace, there's peace, there's peace. Then they kidnapped a whole busload of school students, of, of school children. Why Jonathan was in America? Embarrassment. Then he mobilized the JTF commander. That one came over there. In one month, even though he can't go run away, they went and caught him in Portacot. And you know, we never heard anything about him again. Which knows, you know what happened. Don't need to tell you. Why? Why has all of this? That's what I'm trying to say. Because we won't be there to preach the correct gospel. We, we get distracted. I mean, I, I hear pastors talk here, and I'm, I'm ashamed of them. I told my friend when I was talking to I'm sorry to say that. I said, now, nah. I said, I know now, I know why God said, Bank, go to Enugu. Go to Enugu. It is now I understand. Say, bank, go to Enugu. Go and preach from there. Go and preach from there. Go and open the eyes of the blind. I, I, I said, this is the year I finally understood why. I know you were born in those days, but get up and get up from here. Go down to the east. Go and stand on the top of the hill there. And from there, start shouting the gospel. Because people don't understand the real spiritual battle they should be fighting. Satan comes, gives us distractions. Islamic agenda, distraction. Making noise all the time, Islamic agenda, Islamic agenda. Meanwhile, spiritual agenda we don't have. <laughs> That's how I preach, how I preach. If you want to serve God, serve him. Not promising you anything. Your reward is literally in heaven. If you don't like it like that, go and join Guru Maharaj. Your reward, no, I'm telling you the truth. Didn't you read Paul? Didn't you see his life story? 
The man got to a point, they sent him an offering. He said, You are wise, though. This offering is for your own good because, as far as I'm concerned, I'm okay. You send the money, you not send them. I'm exactly the same way. Before the money arrived and after he arrived, I was telling him one day, I said, I read Paul. Paul said, You saw me, all of you. He said, I've coveted nobody's goods. Who? I said, Lord, if I must ask you for something, this ministry work I'm doing, please help me to be able to say, like Paul, I have coveted nobody's goods. I'm not emphasized to that. Listen, God doesn't always find people. He doesn't always find. Many times he's looking for, he can't find. Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Who will prophesy for me? Why? Because that's why we read that those portions from, the, from, from Revelations. To be able to prophesy for him is not just, I want to prophesy. No, it's not just, I want to prophesy. Every power, every authority that God reserved for this church, for his people, they qualify for it. They didn't just get it because I gave my life to Christ yesterday. They are callings. You know what they call it? Calling. A calling. This is where you run towards. That's a calling. They put a goal in front of you. Paul said, I'm striving, laboring so that I may apprehend the thing for which God apprehended me. I don't know whether you get my point. That is, there's something in front of me. I'm running towards it. He said, I cannot say I have already attained it all. By the time Paul was writing to the Philippians, he had been in the ministry for a long time. Don't sh- that is the guy don't saw. The guy had suffered for the gospel. Yet he said, not that I have already attained. I'm pressing hard. Ah, that is, that one has not attained. You know, that, you know the day one they were coming from Makodi. <laughs> Between him and Makodi Road is very bad. So I, you know, for a moment I, I, I was thinking, this kind of suffering, bad road. Then suddenly I started laughing. Remember that day? I just started laughing. I started laughing. So my guy said, what is, okay, what is funny? <laughs> I said, this is suffering. This one's suffering. The car is air conditioned. Is this suffering? The car not is tough for road. Is this suffering? We stop by the road to buy yam. Is this suffering? Sometimes we just stop there. Literally, in fact, we started carrying oil with pepper and fish from the house. We stop by the road, sit down and chop yam. We sit down and buy tangerines, be eating oranges all over the road. I said, this one's suffering. Go and ask Paul. Just because we are driving four hours to go to Makodi on a bad road and four hours to come back. I said, this is not suffering. If I drive this road for 10 hours, if I sleep one night, you know, my body will recover. If I get back home, my wife will say, oh, honey, sorry. Eh? My husband, well, eh? lie down, let me massage your back. That one alone is enough motivation to preach next Sunday. <laughs> Think about it now. Apostle Paul, his own does not heal in one night. He's beating <laughs> one week after. And nobody massages his back. The only person that will have massaged him Silas, he more. Even Silas, it is the other. I can't see straight. That's what, that's what just slapped me for face. He said, What do we do? They let us sink. Can you believe that? What do we do? Let us sink. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all the years. These men began to sing as they were chained there. Salas, give me the next line. <laughs> they were there singing. This, the other prisoners started hearing them. They were joining. A few joined. Angels too joined. 
When danger is joined, right? earthquake starts. <laughs> when the stocks were losing, the doors were opened. Did he run away? He stayed there waiting for the soldier. When this Roman soldier came and said, Ah, my prisoners are gone. He said, Wait, don't kill yourself. We're all here. That night, that man gave his life to Christ. Finally, they saw a person to address Paul's wounds. That's why I was laughing that day now. When I said, this one's suffering. This is not suffering. This is not suffering. This is not suffering. This is enjoyment. Oh, this is enjoyment. It's because we have glorified laziness. And we call it Christian ministry. One pastor once, he was asking another pastor, he said, you preach three services on Sunday? You preach three services on Sunday? Ha! He said, how much is the prophet suffering? I'm serious. Was there any other man? How can you be preached three, three services on Sunday? How much is the offering that are given? That him? Ah, no, three services on Sunday. <laughs> Go and read the story of um, John Wesley. I think as a 70-year-old man or something, he said laziness is creeping in now. It was 70-something, close to 80. That the doctors now said I can only preach 14 times a week. Did you hear what I said? That laziness is, stress, stress, is, is creeping in. There's now a tendency to stay in bed after 5 a.m. He was, he was writing it down in his journal. That I'm becoming lazy. Old man, 70-something. That doctors now said I must not preach more than 14 times a week. That this is bad. Because literally, those men used to preach like four to seven times a day. The doctors said, oh God, you can't carry on like this. Okay, we'll let you preach morning and evening. If I'm mistaken, I don't think I am, it's seven times a week that the doctor said you must not preach more than seven times a week. As at now, is it, I think it's 14 they said. I will confirm it. But that's it. Assuming I'm mistaken, it's not less than seven times. Like doctors, doctors, doctors said, no, you don't have the strength to go beyond seven times a week. I think it's 14 they said. The fact is that literally those men used to preach six, seven times one day. It's not an issue with them when there was no microphone. So I'm talking about that's how spiritual power. It's not spiritual power, I lay hands on the sick and they fall down. No. It's authority to speak and the earth will respond. That's what we are talking about. The authority to speak and the earth will respond. When Elisha said, I want two times your, your grace, your power. So I want two times your spirit. <laughs> you know what Elijah said? What you are asking for is hard. Okay? But go back to where the man began from. The day they called him, he was plowing with how many yokes of oxen? That was a big man with big farm. He liquidated his life to follow Elijah. And Elijah now said that you must be focused. You can't look to the left or the right. You will follow me totally if you wanted to. That is after all those sacrifices. If mosquito was biting him and he's fighting mosquito. Bee came to sting him and he's chasing these bees and running away. And Elijah vanished before his eyes. Things are bad. We read those portions of Revelation to let you understand what they mean by to him that overcomes. Jesus said, that's the person I give that white stone, which is a sign of a crown that's on his head, like a stone with which you decorate a crown. He said, it has a name on it, which nobody knows apart from the one who receives it. He said, I also may give them authority the way I received from my father. 
they will rule the nations with an, with an iron rod. What does that mean? They will have the power to speak into situations. They will have the power to command. Listen to this. They will tell the, the, the skies, don't bring down rain. No one young children does this. When you learn the word of faith, without that once you don't want rain, just say, in the name of Jesus, no rain. If you want rain, in the name of Jesus, rain be. Many times we want to do program. We command rain not to fall. As we are commanding, I still remember the one we did in 9-4. Rain beats. It beats, it beats faith into our heads. In the name of Jesus, it will not rain. Rain say, who are you? I should not fall. Do you know who told me to fall? Do you know who told me to fall? You're telling me I shouldn't fall. Rain beat all of us. Ah! That can we be looking at say, God, what kind of thing is this? Just disgrace somebody like this. <laughs> we talk, we try, look, you know, I look about those days and I thank God for those days. That, that, that was our own qualifying season. For us to be ready to say no rain, knowing we'll be, we'll be beaten by the rain. We still stood and we're still believing. We didn't run away. We are qualifying for something. John Alexander Dowie. Hey. Even when he was, it looks like he was falling from grace. There was drought in Chicago. He traveled all over the world when he returned. People were, he, used call, he used to call himself Elijah. God did not like the fact that he called himself Elijah. The Lord removed him from ministry for it. Yet, in the midst of that, people were taunting him one day. Twice it happened. When they came to, I think it was one city he went to pray. They had had a drought for a long time. Dry. They said, we leave there. To, reporters were there. We leave there to pray for rain. He continues preaching. Continued preaching. When he finished preaching, he knelt down beside the pulpit and prayed in the hand of everybody that the Lord will send rain. Then suddenly he stopped. He said, everybody, run. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He began to share grace. Before they got out, the whole place was blacked out with cloud. The rain was so thick, everybody was drenched. Before they could get out of the auditorium. The time he traveled over the world, when he arrived in New York, he came back. I think he just arrived in Chicago. They were also in a drought when he came back. They had not seen rain in a long time. People were mocking him. The man came down the train station. He prayed there. Before they got home, everywhere was filled with rain. He wasn't mustering faith. I command rain. <laughs> he just knelt down gently, bowed his head. Then he just said, everybody run. Rain is coming. <laughs> I realized that such authority, you don't get it because you are picking your teeth. <laughs> Go and see what that man suffered for the gospel. In one year, he was arrested 100 times. One year. They found every excuse to arrest him. Sometimes twice in one day. They were just, of course, bail, bail, fine, bail. Fine. What was he doing? Preaching against drunkenness, preaching against lying, preaching against prostitution, all the crimes in the society that people were used to make money. He was preaching against it and preaching the true gospel of God. Preaching against doctors, that the doctors are evil people. That the only healing is from the power of God. He, he said, if you take medicine, you're a sinner, as far as I was concerned. So everybody was against journalists in that way. But believe me, don't try that way. Once you encounter the sick person, you must get well. He used crutches and wheelchairs to decorate his platform. Crutches and wheelchairs used to decorate in front of the church. He didn't buy it too. Didn't buy them. That way. Go and read the story. 
journal. These days it's, it's available. You can just download them. They're all over the place. Read the man's story. Such authority didn't come because the man was feeling good, feeling happy, sowing his seed, and God was multiplying it. It was because men were tested and they stood and refused to get swept by the world. That's what happened. The story I told earlier about uh, John Gillick. He said, you want to know why this ministry has power? He said, that was why. He didn't enjoy it. Imagine white men arriving, going into bush areas. They couldn't get decent food. They would call him one day. Message will arrive. Rush down. And this was a man who was praying for all kinds of people to get healed. He will get there. His man is dead. He will pray, pray, pray. The guy no go wake up. He will have him buried. One day it was his turn. He got home. His wife was sick. And she died. When Dawi, and when G Lake, incidentally, was trained by Dawi. That is their, that's their heritage. When G Lake settled down in Spokane, decided to call him Dr. Lake. Do you know why? Because they said he made Spokane the healthiest city in the United States. Because he will pray for the sick until they recovered by force. One man walked into his office one day. said, I want you to know that I don't have faith for healing. He said, don't worry, I have enough for two. <laughs> he said, don't worry, I have enough for two. What am I preaching? I'm preaching this evening to let you understand. Listen, that what God lacks now are people that he can give authority. They are too soft. God knows I don't need the money. That's why I lied on my form. Every time you fall for temptation, you lose the capacity to receive authority. That's all. <laughs> it's not about, look at this, uh, is it a sin? There's something going on. God discuss whether it's a sin or it's not a sin. He's just saying that I can't depend on you. That's all he's saying. Say so you love your life too much. You're not ready to withstand little, little. And God starts testing on small, small, small things. That's why I keep on getting angry with this gospel that looks like it's how it favors me that I do things. No. There are things you just lose. Say, why are you losing it? Just let me be no, let me let me even know that I lost something now. One day, no, came they were telling me something one day. When I went to my car, you went to, I wasn't there that day. The car had a problem there. So when they were trying to fix the car, one woman in the church in they said, Sir, Pastor, let my driver go and drop you now in 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 uh, Enugu. Said, look, say, don't worry. <laughs> he told me, say, Abba, many person suffer small for this gospel now. You go home that day, what time? 1 a.m. He said, Abba, waiting. He said, which story will we tell to? We would all suffer small. <laughs> Even they didn't beat us, at least. We, can, <laughs> we went to preach. I came back at home one day. One day, you know, I was discussing my friend, Pastor Courage. I said, the couple said, I should come and preach in Ogu. And I said, it's a night program. So I told you guys, did you forget it? Me, I go come up from my house, go to the bridge, come back at night. Driving from Ogu. My own is driving from Ogu to Enugu at 9 o'clock. What kind of nonsense is that? I didn't, I didn't say anything, no. Now, he didn't say anything. He didn't say that's Pastor He didn't say anything. So one day we're not talking about it. So I told him, he goes to, he will finish service in Enugu. Then, sorry, in Sokoto. Then drive to Guzo to go and preach. So when he tells you I'm going to Guzo, you think it's next door. You won't know that it's like, uh, how many hours drive? Maybe like four hours drive from Sokoto to Guzo. And he has finished service in Sokoto. They will not drive there and they are not sleeping in Guzo. They are coming back that night. And, and, so he asked me, how far is Ogu from Enugu? I'm like, Oh, come on, yeah. 30 minutes you'll be back home. The guy not talk anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He said, This guy, this is my guy, don't spoil. <laughs> the day he told me that he gets back to Sokoto coming from Guzo a lot of times, 12 midnight. I said, What? 
He said, nah, I should check the distance now. Finish service in Sokoto. Drive to Guzo. Preach in Guzo. By the time they are leaving, it's already night. He said, no, we are going home. One day he showed me. <laughs> no, last time I went was their 20th anniversary. You know, I went to Sokoto twice in the last few weeks. So the first one was their 20th anniversary. So he had a, a room that they decorated with pictures. So one of the pictures was when their car somersaulted. All of them inside. And landed upside down next to a river. He said, that place, nobody would have seen them. Nobody. You know, there was grass. It's some sudden the grass. And it's lower than the road. So people would just be fume, passing, passing. What happened? I don't know whether the tire bus or something. It was an accident. The car just somersaulted at night. So he put the picture there. You see the car upside down. Where all of them crawled out from inside the car. Into the grass. And managed to escape one by one. And they checked. Everybody was okay. Everybody's okay here. Yeah. They were worshipping God. Everybody's okay. Not God, where were you? Where were some assaulting? No, God, please, if we, if we talk like that, next time we'll drown. Because this one, the car landed right next to a river. That if you move forward five more in, uh, meters, they're inside the water. Now we talk, look, that's what we're talking about. Too. Not as I give this 5,000, you'll go for me and bring husband. 5,000. That husband is cheap, sir. 5,000. Before we bring husband. If you need us by need us somewhere, pray. Don't use your money to disturb us in heaven. That's what the Lord is saying. Don't worry me. Don't worry me. So this is the year of my breakthrough. God asked the angel, why is it the year of her breakthrough? He said, look, our offering last day was 200,000 there. That's why we'll, we'll close every other thing happening in heaven now because you give <laughs> Let me just tell you, if you want to prosper in this your life, all those seeds you have sown till today, tell God, I dash you. No, I'm, I, you know, I won't lie to you. Right there on your seat, say, Lord, I've been sowing seed since I was in secondary school. Today, I finally want to give you the money. All the, you know, he didn't give it all this way. You know now. You were sowing it. So if you want to prosper in life, say, God, today, I, I dash you. Say, God, keep on. So you don't want hundredfold. Say, nothing, nothing. Lord, you know I love you. Just take. It's my gift of love. From secondary school, now I'm a used copper. I've been sowing seed, dangerous seeds. Seed for immediate harvest. Seed to connect. You know, some very stupid seeds. I want to connect with that anointing. <laughs> oh, God. Angels can never be depressed. Pentecostals are too funny. <laughs> they can't be depressed. All they know is just sit down and be watching us give offering. They'll be laughing. He said, Michael, laugh now. I'll show you something. He said, that one is giving first fruit for the redemption of his family. Michael said, what? He's <laughs> not laughing. Oh my God, ah, are you serious? He said, wait, 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 wait. See that boy? See that paper in his hand? Yeah. It's all the seed for the last 15 years. He's waiting for God to multiply by hundredfold. Michael said, Mike, hey, Gabriel, you are joking, eh? Gabriel said, ah, while you were fighting, I was here watching this voice. <laughs> Can you just imagine Gabriel will bring out his phone? Let me, let me WhatsApp one clip to you. Send Mike a one clip. Mike, they're going to laugh. Why? When the costas are the official clowns of heaven. I'm telling you the truth. If you want to prosper in your life, let me tell you the truth. Eh? Today, just say, God, all my seed, I dash you. It's no longer a seed. Lord, it's all a gift now. Now, it's a gift. So what about that one? You know, that, that whole, your one month salary of January. What is it? Say, Lord, it's, it's love. <laughs> love for who? Love for my church. You know, I just love my church. Say, good. So where, where your seed book? Carry it. Shred it. You know where it belongs? Toilet, flush that seed book. 
Say, Lord, from now, if I give to you, I just give. I just give. Now I give with responsibility. Anytime some, I keep on telling Christians, anytime somebody tells you, come and give this so you can get this, say, not today. Tell the person, not today. When they finish gathering that one, just go and say, Pastor, I say we need money. This is my portion. Just walk away. No one will raise money that day. Some of those of us who participated will know. Three times I took announcement. They were joining the mission walk to Northeast. I told everybody, please, oh, I'm not promising anything. No. The only thing I can promise you is that your money will go to a just cause, a good cause. That's all I can promise you. What am I saying? God needs people who can commit authority into their hands. People that will speak like Elijah and rain will not fall. People who will come again one day and begin to speak and rain will fall. That's what we are talking about. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I will give them a white stone. I will give them authority the way I receive from my father. Without people like that, there are many things that will not go right. And I'm saying that to get that authority, that's why life is hard sometimes. It's in the testing of affliction that God decides who is giving authority to. When Jezebel was misleading people, those who will receive authority, they refused to follow Jezebel. They were poor in that church. Jezebel gave them 17 keys for emergency breakthrough. And everybody seemed to be getting it. They said, that is not the word of God. I don't want it. And those are the people that Jesus said will walk with him in white. And what am I saying today? He lacks so much of that. He lacks so much of it. Many people have, we have the demon spirit. Any little trial, we have run away. Maybe next time I'll talk about it again. Let nobody lie to you that once saved is always saved. That is not true. Many Christians have walked away from salvation. The other day I stood up, I began to, I began to study Peter. I said, what's all this noise we are making? Jude warned about it. Peter, I saw that Peter was warning about it. Uh-uh. Jesus came by himself, opened his mouth and warned against it. Then we now say we are preaching the gospel of grace, once saved, always saved. I don't know, in fact, maybe they should tell me what it means. Because I don't know what it means. If it means that I gave my life to Christ once I'm permanently saved, that is a fat lie. Fat lie. Very fat. Robust lie. Robust. Robust lie. No truth to it. I am not saying, let's get something clear. I am not saying that God sent Christians to hellfire for every little iniquity. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did not say that. Not those that went and want to pray. You kneel and say, recall your sins to mind. I don't do that. I don't recall my sin to mind. I'm not trying to recall my sin. Because it's not supposed to be there in the first place. If I do what is wrong, I confess my sin immediately. If I don't know it is wrong, then to me it is not yet wrong. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to show me what is wrong. So I'm not saying that will be like those when we those when were young those days. Every little thing they say, if you wear lace, you will go to hell. I said, how do I go and tell my parents I can't wear the lace that they bought for me? Some women, after they drank and they smoked in their hemp, they now dreamt that they went to hell fire and they saw the women there. They went to heaven. They didn't see women. They saw only men. And they asked God, why are those women in hellfire? He said, because they use attachment. They use hair extension. They wore earrings. They use makeup. Let me tell you again. Fat lie. What did I say? Fat lie. Oh, come and be deceiving me. Go and read my tracks. Who's going to hell? I discussed. Please read it again. Who is going to hell? You can find it on our website. I don't know what I will still have here. We should print it again. So go and read. I'm not saying God just sends people to hell anyhow. But what I'm explaining is this. Let us Christians not just sit down confidently that we are safe no matter what we do. We run away from divine assignments. We think we are safe. We can't take any bit of hardship. We think we are safe. Rubbish. 
what God needs now is real Christians, you know? Genuine Christians. So if your son comes home, NYS, he said, they posted me to Bono State. You won't say, ah, they want to kill me, you for me. So you are going to Bono, what are you going to do there? Let me pray for you. You will preach the gospel. Ah, that's all we need. Not Christians who will be saying, divide the country. Divide the country. Divide the country. Not that once you start dividing. Until each household is a, is a country, we will not stop. Every autonomous community in Anambra State will have to be a country. Don't you see autonomous communities? One governor will come today, create another autonomous community and install an Igwe and he'll use the name His Majesty. That one too must become a country. It's not human beings. The only reason why we seem to be agreed is because we are one big country. So every region seems to be agreed because the other region is their enemy. Once you cover out each region, that's when you realize that that the Anam Brahma looked at Nuguma and said, when did you become a Christian? <laughs> that's why you know South. But guess what? South is not even united in any way at all. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. Let's not even start that one at all. The Lord is good. We're looking for real Christians. That's what the Lord is looking for. That's what I'm preaching this evening. People that can hold authority. You don't just say, rain don't fall just because you're a believer. No. It's beyond that. To be able to say something, God has to give you a white stone with a name written on it. He has to. He has to. Because if he doesn't do that, think about it. As one man is stopping the rain, another one is starting it. There will be confusion in the body of Christ. God is working on our behalf a lot of times. We are using our mouth to kill what he's trying to do. We pray with one mouth, use the other mouth to scatter what the Lord wants to do. So I can't give them authority. Give them authority. If I give them authority, there will be no road in any way again. Everybody will have called five BMW, seven limousines. Bentley will be all over town. Why? I gave them authority. Moto, come. Moto, come. Enugu airport will jam. Every believer will have called aircraft. B. In the name of Jesus, I received my own private jet. Where are you flying to? Let it land there first. <laughs> That's why it doesn't give us any authority. It doesn't give. He said we can't handle it. Like you give a little boy, you know, you give him money. What's the first thing he goes? Goes to the mall. Ice cream. That's why God doesn't give children money. All they will buy is food. That's the one little boy. Now go and buy the latest iPhone. That's why God says, I will not give you money. You don't have sense. In the same manner, he's not giving Christians a lot of, a lot of Christians any spiritual power. Why? They are not responsible. Let me close it here. That's what I wanted to share with us today. We'll continue reading from that portion next time. So see the other messages the Lord has for the church. What he's asking for today is, who are the people that will carry my power? Who are the people that are dedicated enough to lay their lives down? Who are the people? Who are the people that are willing to say they are really believing this? Let's first of all, let us pray. That thing I said earlier, I feel, it sounded like a joke, but I feel like repeating it. All those of you, in fact, maybe not all, I think it's just one person here this evening. I've been sowing seeds for a long time. The Lord said, dash me the seed now. And don't say, if I dash him, he will not multiply it. No. Cancel it. Your life is zero. Are you getting what I mean? You know the zero. All your spiritual money account is what? Zero. I want to zero. Right now, you are running in negative. Every offering you have given the last seven years, I have been displeased with it. You don't love me, you love yourself. So you need, you need your account zeroed today. So if you are listening to me, zero your account. I give you a minute. Say, Lord, take it. Take it. And if you are writing it down, go home and go and throw away that rubbish piece of paper. You hear what I call it? Apostle, what did I call it? What did I call it? Rubbish piece of paper. Go and throw it away. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. Otherwise, you'll be on that spot permanently. You know what I'm telling you? The rest of all, let us pray. 
Everybody, let us pray. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. It's a simple prayer. Put up those hands to the Lord and say to him, Lord, here I am. Use me. My life is yours. Say, Lord, my life is yours. Here I am. Use me. Lord, put this overcomer spirit into me so that I will not love my life even when faced with death. It's a simple prayer, but it's an important prayer. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Say, Lord, my life is yours. Fill me with that apostolic spirit. Say, Lord, wherever I am, help me to put the the spirit of the prophet in me so I can speak your words wherever I might be. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. It's a very simple prayer. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Pray that prayer. Commit your life to him again. Say, Lord, I want to be a hot. That is, I want to be hot. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Tired of lukewarmness. Here I am. Use me.